today's episode of Real People, Real God, Misu and Lindsay continue their Through the Bible character series with the story of Cain and Abel. Hi, this is Misu. And this is Lindsay. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We are glad you could join us today. Misu, tell me how your day's going. No, actually, how were your last few weeks? It's been a while. So how yeah. were your last few weeks? What's your high? What's your low? What's going on over there? Oh, wow. Last couple weeks have been busy, you know, really busy. I've, mm-hmm. I've been doing some fun promotional stuff for Miriam. So I've had a couple of radio interviews and Ooh. I did a Periscope interview. I've never done a Periscope interview before. That was kind of fun. I don't even know what that means. So. I, you know, I didn't either until we did that. So it was <laughs> it was kind of fun, kind of a video thing. And so that was right. that was fun. Yeah. Roy's got commencement coming up so we got graduation this week so it's just kind of crazy wild and crazy around here how about you guys are you are you ready for commencement over there in Wisconsin it's a little while for my job it's a little while till we get to graduation we still have a month left so I'm just in the thick of it but (laughs) in my last few weeks I've had family vacation so that was my high point my high point of last few weeks was going on family vacation and my low point was coming back from family vacation for another month of school work before (laughs) uh before the end of the year so you know high and low family vacation great returning back Mm -hmm. to regular life you know Mm -hmm. that's all right well that'll be okay (laughs) i'm I'm glad to be back here too well yes yes and family family time is can be good it can be bad and I know you love time with your family because I know your I family do. and so I love your I family do. too but mm-hmm. we're going to talk today about some family that did not get along so pretty well so we're going to come back and take a look at today Cain and Abel oh my goodness uh-huh. this is kind of a sad story right yes so story of family us, gone wrong <laughs> oh man no kidding so tell first of all though Linz tell us how we get to Cain and Abel bring us up to speed a little bit on what we've talked about thus far Yeah, so last week we finished with Adam and Eve, and at the end of the story they were being sent out from the garden, which we discovered was was not really so bad or so sad after all. I mean, it's it's sad that the perfection of the garden and the goodness of that was broken, but that was actually a protective act from God on their behalf, which was really pretty cool. We talked about Mm -hmm. that last time. So this week we pick up with Adam and Eve continuing their lives now that they're outside of the garden. And so Eve conceives and bears a son. And even though her pains in childbirth were great, just like God said they would be, she thanks the Lord for her son and she names him Cain. And then just that's cool to me again. There's she's naming just like Adam got to name. It's cool again to me that we get to do this naming thing and creating names, naming children, naming pets, (laughs) naming new scientific terms, naming buildings after ourselves. (laughs) You know, that that may be a little bit too self-important but we get (laughs) (laughs) we get to name things so anyway she names him Cain and she thanks the Lord for him um because Mm -hmm. the Lord blessed her with a son and that's why she names him that so then she bears a second son and names him Abel and thus Cain and Abel enter into the world here we have two brothers the two first people born into this now broken world through the pains of childbirth yeah yeah born actually tell us about that yeah yeah i love that Mm -hmm. you know i think before we go on into their story though i want to come back to this whole the naming thing because i love that she names him cain 
And the meaning of that, you know, I brought forth a man and Mm. she's thankful to the Lord. I think that says something about Adam and Eve's relationship with God. After he brought them out of the garden, there was a restoration of that relationship. She didn't, you know, shake her fist at him and say, you know, this hurts so bad. I hate you now, God. I mean, there was a real relationship still there between Eve and her God, her creator, that with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth this man. And so I think that tells us that there still was a very sweet relationship between the creator and Adam and Eve. So I want to make sure that we realize that. And um, and then the second thing I realized when I did a little research on Abel's name, because scripture doesn't give us any idea of what Abel's name means. Mm -hmm. And so... um, I mean, at least spelling it out like it did for Cain's. Abel's name in Hebrew actually means breath or temporary. Now, isn't hmm. that interesting? Um, because we know yeah. kind of the rest of the story. And so we know that his life was temporary. It was like a breath. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, hmm. I just kind of thought that was interesting. So why don't, Lindsay, tell us what... We're trying to ask these two questions when we look at these stories. Mm-hmm. What are the real people doing in these stories, and what is our real God doing in these stories? So in the story of Cain and Abel, Lindsay, why don't you tell us what the real people are doing? Yeah, this is a really short story, actually, but mm-hmm. we see the real people doing a lot of things in this story. It's just yeah. every sentence, they're doing something and doing something different and something important. So first of all, we see Cain and Abel working. That's one mm-hmm. of the first things we, we learn about them in Genesis chapter four, verse two, right away after they were born, they were named. It talks about their work. Abel was yeah. a keeper of the sheep and Cain worked the ground is what it tells us. So the first thing we learn about them is their occupation their work, the the real people are working. Um, and since since Cain is going to be the star of our story, so to speak, in, in one so sense speak, or another, yeah. um, <laughs> I was I was noticing extra things about him and his life. As I was reading this, I was thinking about Cain. And so right away we've got him working and Cain is the one working the ground. And I thought, wait a minute, what did we learn last week or last a few times ago? What did we learn about the ground? At the end of that story, because of because of Adam and Eve's sin, the ground was cursed. The ground was mm-hmm. cursed to produce thorns and thistles for man when yeah. they worked it. Yeah. And so when we think about this work that the real people are doing, and Cain in particular um, working the ground, his task was to work this cursed ground. This cursed ground which yeah. produ- would produce thorns and thistles for him. And yeah. that's just an interesting thing. So the first thing we learn about him is his job is a hard one and not yeah. just hard work, but frustrating work. This is, this he is frustrating got, work. Yeah. He kind of got the bum deal, didn't he? It really sounds like it because as yeah. for Abel and the, the tending of the sheep, I mean, we don't know how hard that was, but we haven't heard anything about, you know, and shepherding will be really hard. I mean, we do know sheep right. are wayward <laughs> and these kinds of things, but not yeah, the same yeah. as the cursed ground. The ground yeah. was cursed, that that kind of a thing. So I'm not sure mm-hmm. if tending sheep was quite as difficult or as yeah. frustrating maybe as, as working the ground. So this is what we see Cain doing. Um, and then shortly after this, so we hear about them working and those are the jobs they're doing. And then right away after that, we also see that they are offering up gifts to their God. And so we see the real people giving something and giving to God. And I don't really know why they did this. This is an, an interesting thing of, it um, is. 
I wonder what made them think to do this. But right there in, in Genesis, in the very next, next verse there in Genesis 4, it says, In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. Mm-hmm. And they're they're giving offerings to God. And I just wonder what what prompted them to do this? What what prompted them to bring part of the, the yeah. product of their labor to the Lord? Did it just spring up in their hearts? Did their parents tell them it would be a good thing to do? Did God tell yeah. them to do it? I mean, the story doesn't give us very much here. Um, yeah, don't you think, though, that when, when you love someone, when you like someone, when you are friends with someone, don't you love to do things or for them or yeah. give them things? I mean, I think some of that is just a natural outpouring of relationship that you want to do things or give things to someone that you love. So sure. Yeah. I, well, I, don't, I, I don't know. I can imagine Adam and Eve, you know, Adam and Eve, we talked about last time, had walked with God and enjoyed mm-hmm. God in the garden for so long and had enjoyed this good gift for a while. Mm-hmm. And so I could imagine Adam and Eve telling stories to their son of yeah. this is how we were created. This is the God that we know who we got to walk with. This is also what happened. This is the the, the sad part of the story that happened. But this is the God we know. He made us and he mm-hmm. gave us all this. Yeah. And so maybe maybe they were following in the footsteps of Adam and Eve. Maybe sure. Adam and Eve were saying, we want to give something back to the Lord. And sure. so they were, you know, following in the footsteps there. So it's, it's interesting to think about, you know, kind of mm-hmm. why, why did they do this? But that's what we see happening next. We see they were offering gifts up to God. Yeah. Um, and, but then what we see here also, each one offered a gift to God from the product of his labor, of his work. Um, mm-hmm. And the Lord had regard for one brother's offering and did not have regard for another brother's offering. Um, yeah. And so thus we have Ouch. the beginning of the first and yeah. maybe the worst, maybe not the worst, but the first and the worst, oh. maybe yeah. case of sibling rivalry ever on the planet. So Yikes. Misu, I have, I have siblings. I have two sisters and I know you have a few siblings. Um, and so we, we maybe kind of know what it's like to vie for mom and dad's attention a little bit and to compete or try to one up each other. or or outdo each other so that mom and dad's favor will shine upon us or so that we might be known by God. I mean, we, we know a little bit about this, right? Maybe this, this concept of sibling rivalry, hopefully not to the degree of Cain and Abel, but we get this, right? I mean, you understand this in your own, your own life, maybe? My, you do probably more than I do because you have two sisters. You're that middle child. You've, you mm-hmm. know, you're kind of the peacemaker. I, my <laughs> brother and sister are both older than I, I am by quite a bit. And so, um, I, I was raised really a lot of only child kind of a thing. So I don't sure. realize it as much in real life as you do. But the thing that struck me about Cain, it seemed like he, it had to have been a long standing rivalry with them hmm. because with the strength, with the adamant anger that he showed from mm-hmm. this, this shunning of, of God's, you know, of his gift by God. Um, it, it just seemed like it had to come from years and years of bitterness. It just hmm. seemed so, um, just so intense. And yeah, it I, seems and like he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, maybe. It, it or does. yeah, he's mm-hmm. it does. And but you know what? I also wondered, I wondered if 
because in the choosing of the gift, you know, we've heard several times, I, I have at least any time this passage has been preached, I've heard the pastor or whoever's been preaching on it say, well, you know, Cain brought an offering of fruit of, of the fruit of the ground and Abel, he brought the firstborn of his flock and the fat portion, the best of the best. And Cain mm-hmm. just didn't, you know, he, he, he brought a careless gift. And I thought, you know what? I wonder if Cain, because of long-standing bitterness, I wonder if he had convinced himself that his gift didn't matter. Hmm. Because, you know, after years and years, when when someone feels like it doesn't matter how hard I try, it doesn't matter how good I try to be, I just can't be good enough. I mean, yeah. that's that's what kept me from being a Christian for so many years. I just, hmm. I knew I couldn't meet that standard. I knew I couldn't be good enough to, to go sure. to church and be accepted. I knew I couldn't be good enough for, for God. And mm-hmm. and that's what kept me from coming to God. And, and so it was, I think it was easier for Cain to make excuses or cast blame, just mm. like his parents did in the garden, right? It, you yeah. know, it's, it's easier not to even try to please God or anybody yeah. else for that matter. And, yep. and kind of blame it on somebody else um, than it is right. to actually work at doing the right thing yeah. or or work at relationships. Um, yeah, it, I think we yeah. we really see we really see. It seems like Cain does have you know this chip on his shoulder or a long standing rivalry between between him and Abel or just this kind of I'm not sure if my gift matters I'm I'm resigned to working this this cursed ground I'm I'm not mm-hmm. really sure you know um that that anything I do matters and that that idea you talked about you had felt that and I think I think we can all feel that sometimes so he gives a gift to God and and God has no regard for it. And and not only just thinking about sibling rivalry, you know, vying for the attention of mom and dad or their approval um, mm-hmm. between between brothers and sisters, but also th- you know think about vying for the attention of the creator of the world. And yeah. and that that's high stakes. That's high right. stakes. They're vying for his attention. Yeah. And and not just you know hoping that you're better than your brother or that you might outshine him, but even just hoping that he will accept your gift, whatever yeah. you do choose to bring to him. Um, and, and then the Lord doesn't regard your offering ouch. And he, and he yeah. does regard your brother's offering double mm-hmm. ouch. And so, mm-hmm. and, and this isn't just a story of, of, you know, trying to feel sorry for Cain or something like that, but I can understand. I feel like I can understand. Maybe a lot of us could understand where he's coming from. Um, and, and that feels kind of like, like being beat up. And this is not, this is not God's being a bully to Cain, but, um, some of us I think can feel like it's easier not to try, or maybe God just doesn't care about us or, or something like that. So I wonder what, what Cain was feeling throughout this whole thing. And that seems like quite a blow for God to not, to, to have no regard for your offering. But why do you think, why do you think God had no regard for, Cain's offering. Why do you think he had regard for Abel's offering and no regard for for Cain's offering? That's a that's an interesting point in this story, and I think maybe mm-hmm. a confusing and a hard one. What what do you think our real God was doing there in that instance? I think I think this is one of those moments where it's really crucial that we realize and that we recognize and remember all those R words, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the overarching story of God's word. And I think when we forget that, then we can get way off track. We can begin to accuse God. We can begin to 
to make all sorts of strange theological assertions, but I think if we remember the overarching story, the overarching theme of Scripture, and that is that it's God's intention to reveal himself to us mm. and to build relationship with us. And mm. when when he gave the garden and then that garden, uh, when when humankind chose to break that relationship, the rest of scripture is all about him revealing himself and showing us how to come back into perfect relationship with him. And mm. so when God looked with disfavor on Cain's offering, that was God teaching Cain mm. what kind of offering he wanted. Mm. He was saying so to Cain, here's, here's Abel's offering. This is the kind that I, I want. This is what's acceptable. This is what my heart desires from you, Cain. So mm. let's see how we can do this, this acceptable offering from you in this way, in, in the field, in the, and, and I'm married to a teacher. God's a teacher. I'm married to a teacher. And so I know how <laughs> teachers work. Yeah. Uh -huh. So a few years ago, here's the thing. I, I was browsing in it, in a Christian bookstore and I saw these willow tree figures. You guys know, you know what that is, right? Lindsay? Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. So I, I, they were perfect. There was this dad, you know, sitting on the ground, had this little girl, his daughter, I'm assuming, draped over his lap. And then a mom <laughs> standing up, you know, and little girl hugging her way. I mean, it was our family, just the perfect picture of our yeah. family. And I thought, oh, that is so perfect. And so I bought it. And I, it was a perfect gift, right? And I gave it to Roy for Father's Day. Yeah. He opened that up and he's thinking, you know, you could just see it written all over his face. This is not a table saw. That, you know, <laughs> that was kind of what I saw written on his face. Mm -hmm. And then he, he just, but he smiled and he said, how nice. Where, where are we going to put this in our house? You know, I mean, you could just see, he didn't say, he just said, okay, good. And so then the next, um, remember, I'm living with a teacher. So the mm -hmm. next, the next Mother's Day, I got a bench grinder for Mother's Day. <laughs> yes. Uh -huh. What a lovely yeah. gift. <laughs> what a lovely gift. Yes. So, so I'm living with a teacher. And what, and, and what I'm trying to say here is that um, the teacher did not rant. He did not rage. He did not, you know. Condemn, and mm. and God didn't do those things either. Mm. It says He simply disproved one, and He approved the other. It, it mm -hmm. doesn't say He, you know, stru struck anybody with a lightning bolt. It didn't say He, you know, no. He approved and He disproved. He was teaching what His standards were going to be. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. So Lindsay, yeah. why don't you talk about how he kind of tried to communicate with grumpy old Cain 
what yeah. those standards were supposed to be. So let's go on a little further here and look at those standards. Yeah. I think that's a, a good way of talking about this moment that, you know, as we talk about God is a God who wants to reveal himself to us and relate to us. And that's right. what he was doing in this moment. Cause it's hard. It's hard to read and say, they both gave offerings. And mm-hmm. why did, you know, why did one get knocked down and one got built up? You know, does that seem a little unfair, but, but to look at it and to say what God was doing was revealing revealing his right. his standards revealing his desires and this isn't it, it's just a little blip here it's just a little blip in the story this is not a long conversation with Cain this is not the 10 commandments and the whole law where god also right. reveals his standards to us um but it is a little bit of god revealing his standard to, to Cain and revealing himself and his mm-hmm. desires to Cain even even after Cain offered the wrong offering like you it, said isn't no like that bolts. amazing yeah, yeah. god God still no lightning bolts or anything. God says, mm-hmm. Nope, here's the standard. You missed it, but here's what it is. And even invites him into if you do well, you will be accepted. So he's showing yeah. Cain his heart and he yeah. says, I have standards, Cain, but this doesn't match up. But if you do what is right, I will accept you. And wow. Right. I mean that's that is an amazing God that reveals that even after the wrong offering. Here's what you can do better. But I think it's honestly like it, it is amazing that God would reveal that to us. But it's honestly kind of a bummer, too. Um, <laughs> like for Cain and for us, it it is amazing that God reveals his desires to us and his standards to us and that he invites us to know those things. But it is a bummer, especially when he reveals that. And I find that I don't measure up to it, which is what was happening with Cain here. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And that's what was happening with Cain. And it it doesn't feel quite like an amazing revelation of God. It feels (laughs) like a revelation that destroys my ego or my my sense of self or something. And that, that's hard. It makes me feel not good enough. And and that, I mean, and that's what God is revealing, but that's, Mm -hmm. boy, that's hard to take. That's like the bad news at the beginning of the good news. I talk about, you know, sharing the good news with people and it's Mm -hmm. good news, but boy, does it start with bad news. (laughs) And the bad news is you don't measure up. And that's why you need a savior. Um, and I think many times people, people feel this bad news when they encounter the church, maybe, um, if, especially if, if they don't go on to hear, to stick around long enough to hear the good news, or if we don't ever preach the good news to them. Um, sometimes I think when people encounter church or religion or the Bible and they see all these rules and standards and they just feel like I don't measure up. Um, and, and our, as the body of Christ, we should be about more than just a list of rules and our lives are about the saving grace of God. Um, Mm -hmm. But one thing that is at the heart of Christianity is there are standards and we don't measure up to them. Um, And that's the bad news. The bad news of the good news. It it's amazing that God reveals his standard to us, but man, it's a blow to us when, when we don't match up to that, we don't measure up. And so I think, I think maybe that's what Cain is feeling here. He feels, he sees there's a standard and I don't meet it. And so he, he responds with anger and he's upset when God is, is revealing the standard. Yeah. So I can, I can imagine how he felt. And I think others of us can too. That's, that's a hard Absolutely. thing. Um, yeah. But let's let's talk about what else our real God does in response to this. So Cain is angry. You know, God has approved of one offering and disapproved of, a, of another one. And Cain is angry about that. Cain is uh, responding to him and God's trying to reveal some of his heart. But mm-hmm. what else what else does God do after that in this well, situation? I think, yeah, I think the other thing is he invites Cain into a conversation. He says, you know, Cain, talk to me. 
Why are you downcast? Yeah. Talk yeah. to me. Tell me what's going. Tell me about your anger. To you know, I love the Psalms because David just lays it out. He just tells God mm-hmm. exactly what he's thinking, and mm-hmm. and and God's a big boy. He's got broad shoulders. He can take what you're. <laughs> you know, he can handle what you're feeling. He knows it anyway. You might as well tell mm-hmm. him. And I think that's what he wanted Cain to do here. He says, why are you downcast? You know, tell me about it. And then he says, sin is crouching at your door. And I love my NIV study Bible because it gives you all these wonderful little nuggets. And it says the word crouching is actually taken from an ancient Babylonian word that refers (laughs) to a demon waiting outside the door of a building and that demon uh-huh. is threatening the people inside. Can you believe wow. that one little word has all that wonderful <laughs> yeah. meaning to it or terrible wow. meaning, I guess. But mm-hmm. but so that what, what that means, sin is crouching at your door. It, it means that, while, Cain, while you are in the shelter, while you're in the building, while you're within that protection of our relationship, you're fine. Hmm. But if, if you leave the protection of this sheltered relationship with me, sin, it, it's going to nail you. It's going to mm. grab you. It's going to overwhelm you. It's, it's going to have you. Sin is mm. crouching at your door. And, yeah. and he's saying, don't leave our relationship, Cain. Don't do mm. it. And, and I just picture our God, our real God. Going to Cain and saying to his belligerent child, talk to me, stay with me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, having had two teenagers and raised them through those days, oh my goodness, I can't tell you how many times as the mom of prodigals, I said, talk to me, stay with mm-hmm. me. And, mm-hmm. and as a loving father, his heart was breaking. And he still yeah. wanted Cain to just talk to him and stay with him. And yeah. so now, Lindsay, you Cain. get to tell us how Cain responded to that. Yeah, Cain, he doesn't do it. This is no. a real this is a real battle of the wills here. I mean, it like is. which is which is the stories we'll see throughout all the Bible. It's the story of our lives, um, a, a battle of wills between us and God. And and that's that's what this story is. Cain does not take the opportunity to talk with God. We know he's angry. Um, yep. God asks him why he's angry. Talk to me and spells out his heart. And Cain doesn't talk to God. Instead, the next thing it tells us, he goes and talks to his brother. And then he goes out with the field to his brother and he kills him. Just like that in the story. Yep. Bing, bang, boom. He yep. He's angry. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's upset. And he goes and kills his brother. And I think that something here has to do, it seems like something has to do with, I can imagine Cain thinking, man, I don't measure up to God's standard. I think that stinks. <laughs> I think that more than stinks. Like, I'm I'm angry about that. And you know what else? My brother does. So maybe what I need to do is just take care of my brother. I need to take mm-hmm. care of that problem. My brother's mm-hmm. the problem. And and isn't that just like us? Like, not understanding or not facing the, the real problem, the, real the true problem. problem. And Absolutely. thinking the problem is something else. The problem is yep. somebody else. It's that idea of blame. The problem is yep. is somebody else or something else. And rather than for ourselves working on our own relationship with God, working on what God has revealed to us where we don't measure up, we think our problem is somebody else or something else. And so maybe it looks like 
Cain was comparing himself to Abel more than he was comparing himself to God's standards. And that's a thing I think we do sometimes too. That that's easy for us like, "Oh, I don't have to I don't have to measure up to God's standards. I just have to be better than that guy over there. I just have to be better than my brother. I just have to, you know, even as siblings with mom and dad, you can think, "Well, I don't have to be great. You know, I could I could do a few things, but as long as I'm not as bad as he is, as long mm-hmm. as I'm not as bad as she is, then, you know, I'll, I'll shine the brightest or, or I don't actually, you know, I don't actually have to be that great, but mom and dad will look, look upon me with favor if I just outdo that person. And so I right. think here he, he takes care of the wrong problem. Exactly. Um, he, he, he tries to solve the problem in the wrong way rather than dealing with the problem of his own heart. He tries to take care of, of the problem by taking care of his brother. Yeah. That's the wrong answer. That's the wrong problem. Wrong answer. <laughs> wrong problem, Kane. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, honestly, from there, it just really is a downhill slide. Um, mm-hmm. d- tragically, um, it, it, it just goes, we've, we've seen it go from this perfect world, walking in the evenings with God, doing what we're supposed to do, and then the introduction of the knowledge of evil. Then we go to blame and shame and hiding from God. And now... Really? Murder? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what happens next. And so uh, then relinquishing of that beautiful garden and, and God's protection, that wonderful creator who would not let us be caught in our sins for eternity. He kept us out mm-hmm. of the garden. Thank you, Lord, for that. Um, and, and then what does Cain do next when God confronts him about <laughs> the murder he's committed? Okay, yeah. Lindsay, let's hear it. What does he do next? He, you you go, girl. He, tell us. He lies. He lies oh straight goodness. to God. Which is face. How do you do that? Yeah, well, I think uh, I probably do it all the time. <laughs> I think oh, I, I lie to myself enough and I lie to God. But yeah, I mean, we just from what we've seen last week, how God was treating Adam and Eve, how he's so kind to mm-hmm. them. And at least when they when they sinned, they just pointed the finger. They just said yes. it was that person. It was that person. <laughs> Cain just look, yeah. it looks, I mean, he I'm was, not sure if he was looking in God's face, but he essentially I, looked right back in God's face and said, I, I don't know. know. I don't know a thing I about it. Don't oh, know a thing goodness. about it. And and he just lies to God. And mm. oh, throughout the story, I mean, we've kind of mentioned it, but Cain is just, he seems like such an angry and, and hard pressed. I don't know, like what's going on with Cain. He's got this chip on his shoulder and, mm-hmm. and all of his interactions here with God just sort of seem like God has had no regard for me. I've had to work the, the cursed ground. My brother apparently is better than me. We've got this rivalry going on. God has no regard for my gift. Um, he's telling me his standard, but all it is is that I don't measure up to it. And I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to have yeah. any regard for him. I, God has had no regard for me. I I have no regard for God. And I think a lot of us can feel that way sometimes too. You know, my life has been hard and I don't think God cares a lick about me. Yep. So I don't care a lick about God. And that's, that's kind of what I, what I see with Cain here. And, and yet God responds to him so mercifully, <laughs> so, so mercifully still. Um, you know, I, I know that there's no serpent in this story, but I think that is such a trap. I think that's such a deception hmm. that, the serpent uses is trying to convince us that God has no regard for me. Hmm. And and that, because once we get into that cycle of God has no regard for me, God made you work the cursed ground. God likes your brother Abel better. Hmm. Once he can convince us of 
God gave you cancer. God, mm. God allowed that drunk driver to hit that car and kill your husband. God mm. did this. God did that. Yeah. All of, if we can allow, if, if we allow that serpent to deceive us that God is against us or that God has no regard for me, mm. then why should I have any regard for God? Yeah. And then life becomes one big chip on our shoulders. Mm. And, and then nothing is my fault. Mm. Everything is God's fault. Everything yeah. is somebody else's fault. And, yeah. you know, honestly, the truth is it's sin's fault. Mm -hmm. It's my fault for letting sin into my life. But, but some of the stuff that goes on is, is because we're a part of this sin sick world. Mm -hmm. Cancer is going to happen because we mm -hmm. live in a fallen world. Mm -hmm. People are going to to have crazy accidents on the freeway. A tire's going to blow. Uh, you know, there's going to be chaos in creation in in nature. Right. Tidal yeah. waves and and hurricanes and because we live in a sin sick, it's a broken world. Um, yeah. So we don't we don't get to get off the hook and say it's it's not my fault or, or you know no. or it's God's fault or those kinds of things. And yeah, and that's 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 what we've seen Cain trying to do here. Cain, you know, God comes to him and he essentially says, I don't know, wasn't my fault or you know, he's yeah. he's got this chip on his shoulder like, well, it's it's not my fault. And and so but but God again confronts him and reveals another standard to him and says, Cain, murder is not my standard either. And he right. he just comes in and he confronts Cain's sin and says, Nope, that is not what we're doing. And and so how God responds to that sin is um he actually he actually curses Cain in this instance. He confronts Cain's sin and says, now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opens its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. And when you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be yeah. a restless wanderer on the earth. And yikes, this is this yikes. is God confronting sin, and it's mm -hmm. hard. And this, this is the moment when Cain, when Cain finally talks to God about his anger and fear. Cain finally talks to God about that. He responds to that and with anger and with fear. And he says, I cannot bear this. I cannot bear this punishment, God. And, and whoever finds me will kill me. And so do you know what our real God does? He this spares Cain. He, he's, yeah. he spares Cain from being killed. He, Cain, Cain has just committed a grievous sin of killing another human being, killing his brother, whom God created, who was created in the image of God, and God curses him and says, "the the ground will not yield anything to you. You will be a wonder on the earth." Cain says, "I cannot bear that. Someone will kill me." And God spares him from being killed by putting a mark on him, so that no one will be able to attack him. And two times now we've seen real people doing things they weren't supposed to do doing the very things they weren't supposed to do and two times we've seen god proclaiming punishment and curses and confronting that sin but also giving them protection yeah and that yeah. is just amazing he's been giving them protection which which is just an amazing thing that our god does so i love it's I think we're we're getting close to almost out of time for today, but I love yeah. this this through the Bible character series we've been doing and even just two times now seeing um 
what the amazing hand of God does on our broken behalf and, and the kind yeah. of protection cool. and care and mercy he has for us. So we're going to talk even more about it next week. Misi, why yeah. don't you tell us a little bit of where we're headed next week and how this story is going to get us into the story we'll be talking about next time. Well, next week we're going to, not next week, I guess, but in the next episode, Two weeks. we're going to, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, keep, keep forgetting that. But uh, next time we're going to talk about Noah and the way we get to Noah, though, is kind of fascinating. Genesis four seventeen through 24 describes the seven generations from Adam through Cain to a guy named Lamech. Um, and, and Lamech is Cain's descendant who displays this incredible level of cruelty. He's, Lamech says, I've killed a man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. If Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech 70, you know, 77 times. He's that... He's that family member that you just don't ever invite to family affairs because he always stirs up trouble. <laughs> He's that guy. You know, you just don't like him much. Then Genesis 4, 24 through 5, 24, that describes seven generations from Adam all the way through Seth to a guy named Enoch. And Enoch, he was the pinnacle of righteousness. If Lamech was the pinnacle of evil, then Enoch was the pinnacle of righteousness on earth. And, and here's what God's word says about Enoch. He was no more. This, this is, this is when he reached about 300 and some years old. He was no more because God took him away. Now, what that means is he never died. Hmm. He and Elijah, Enoch and Elijah are the only two men in scripture with this honor from God. They never tasted death. Because they were such God, they were God's friends. And, and, and God just decided, you know what? We're going to skip that death part with you because you are, you're, you're my friends. So we see these two very divergent lines, one through Adam's son, Cain, and one through Adam's third son, Seth. And Seth was born after Cain was, was, um, exiled. And so when Seth was born and through Seth's righteous line, we see Noah. Noah mm. is the righteous descendant of Seth. And it's through Noah's family that God will begin again with creation. And we'll talk about Noah yeah. next time. Yeah, that sounds good. So that's going to be all for today. But as usual, you can subscribe to Real People, Real God on iTunes, Android, or the RSS feed on Misu's Friday blog. And that's www.misuandrews.com slash blog. And we also have notes for each podcast that are available on the blog on the date that we post it. So you can post comments and questions on there. And if you have a question specifically for each one of us, we would love to get back to you and we'd love to hear some some of your feedback and questions. So that's all we have for today. All right. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, be real. Thanks for listening to Real People, Real God. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We rely on real people to provide feedback and our real God to provide listeners.